following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. And I'm going to do to your mother, all right, what you did to her 37 years ago. Oh, you're going to dive into her feet first? Feet first, and I'm going <laughs> to wiggle all the way into that giant fucking gaping womb of hers. Oh, God And I'm going to rip it apart from the inside. Ah! Like a scared kid on his first day of the swim team. You're going like to Travis Scott concert. I'm going to rip it apart. Just violently destroy her buildings and fans. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that thing is just full of scar tissue. Is your mom still listening to the show? Oh, God, no. No. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I feel like there's no way she's ever going to hear that one. Yeah, she doesn't return my phone calls either. And I am definitely not calling her right now while this is recording. Oh, tell her I said hi. <laughs> she always appreciates it. That's right. Nothing like a good old fucking your mother joke to start things off. Am I it's right? Kinda, it's sort of what we're based upon. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. Like, shit, dude. We we do mom swaps all the time, right? It's like the 1990s up in this bitch. It's all fucking mom jokes and hip-hop. Yeah, that's <laughs> we're right. We're damn that scary. We're damn that scary. Hey, we're so good at Welcome this. Welcome to the show, everyone. Yes, it's a dynamo. Uh, Greg, I uh, I understand that you finally had a chance to watch a certain motion picture. This is a fact, yes. You're a little behind on this. Uh, it's a, you know, a remake, a modern remake of an absolute classic that I think pretty much everybody has seen and loved. Okay. And, uh, I'm, I'm just kind of the last one to, to cross this finish line here. This is uh, 2021's reimagining of Debbie Does Dallas. Oh, okay. It is a cleaner, much less furry version of the one that we all know from 1978. Starring porn stars that I'll, I'll leave unnamed, but um, your mom was high on the bill. Oh, oh, oh. all the way back around. Boom. Oh, and she has a, she has a Mondo bush too. Yeah. Oh, it's insane. It's, it's tough to look at. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I didn't get all the way through the movie because your of your mom's- mom. Your mom's, though, is smooth sailing down there because you know what they say. Grass does not grow on a busy street, my friend. You know what they say. My mom has cancer. (laughs) So shame on you. And the only cure for that is sucking my dick. Oh. All right, man. So, mom, if you're listening, you can stop right now. No, no, no. Keep her on there. We need those ratings. (laughs) But no, seriously, Greg, let's talk about Halloween Kills. In fact, I did watch Halloween Kills over the weekend for the Finally. All right. I have to say, everything that uh, I heard about it, everything we uh, discussed about it, turned out to be true. Mm. It was uh, was different. Definitely different. And I have to say, um, shit. Don't love it. Wasn't huge. uh, Wasn't huge into it. Oh, you weren't big on it, huh? That's what I meant to say. Wasn't uh, large. No. Was not embiggened by this film. I went in with the expectation that Mike Myers, Michael, so to speak. Michael. That he was going to be just ninja kicking everybody, just flipping and flying and, you know, flinging knives, ninja stars, Tatana slashing fucking all the residents of uh, Haddonfield. Well, it's but not exactly Jet Li. His uh, his, the actual scenes of murderous violence were few and far between. 
<laughs> right? What? Like, I, there, there wasn't enough uh, violence in it. Greg, he killed an entire fucking town. What are you talking about? Yeah, but in, in very short uh, clips. The way that it was described to me was that he was jumping around, and I believe you said it was it was akin to uh, Keanu Reeves in that fucking John movie. Wick. John Wick, yeah, yeah. That's not what I saw, dude. That whole opener when he takes out the fire department, the young, willing, able fire department who attacked him one at a time. It was literally seven and a half seconds of that. that dude, that, I felt like that was a ten minute scene. Really? Hey. How much did you love the, my favorite part of the whole movie is when that stupid bitch shot herself in the neck. Oh, it was fantastic. That part was great. He just door checks her and she shoots herself in the chin. Yeah. Fantastic. That's why you don't Uh, just go flip flinging and throwing fucking guns to every person who walks up to the trunk of your car and say, Hey, we're going to go out and shoot a guy. Do you know what you're doing? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's great. And how about that fucking uh, other escape patient that was so fucking unnecessary and had nothing to do with the fucking plot. Well, see, I was I was about to bring that up. That was a little bit of an issue that I had. That whole plot thread. Why was that even in the movie? And why did Lori's daughter give a shit that much about him? Like, yeah, fuck, she, your daughter is literally out hunting Michael Myers. And her, you're worried about this fucking Danny DeVito toad running around. Exactly. Her innate sense of justice, I guess, had her trying to defend the penguin as he ran through the darkened halls of a, of a hospital. And um, I don't I don't understand why she just like she was willing to fight the crowd and die for this guy. Right. What was really weird for me is when she pulled him in close, undid her blouse and started to breastfeed him. Yeah. I mean, I, I get his angle. Like, I understand why he, he went with it. Oh, yeah. I would suckle on those all day. I'd suckle them down, especially after doing, like, chest or deadlifts. Like, that shit goes straight to your fucking biceps. And from what I hear, kind of sweet. Yeah, everybody loves a little bit of titty milk. Uh, Who doesn't? I put that shit in my coffee. I I feel like this was a Halloween movie that was trying to say something. You know, like, it was trying to get a message across, which is totally unnecessary in this I mean, I don't know. They had a... What 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 the fuck? Oh, that's right. Yeah, they were the they were trying message. to make a commentary on mob justice. They were trying yeah. to say the mob. Okay, the mob targeted the wrong guy. Look at the tragedy that has befallen us. We murdered an innocent man. He jumped out of a third story building and hilariously landed on the sidewalk <laughs> and his head popped. And I think you were, they expected us to take that seriously when really I thought it was like one of the the funnier parts of the movie. I thought it was like physical comedy. Right. It was a, it was a pratfall. If you had Benny Hill music playing to that and when that chick shot herself in the fucking neck. Yes. And honestly, with with Big John and Little John, when they're like, I got a knife. Okay, I got this. They could have had Benny Hill music playing to that, too. I was really annoyed that they kept referring to each other as Big John and Little John. Well, at least we know who had the big dick and who had the small dick. (laughs) Right. And I feel like it was reversed. Like they were ironic nicknames. Ah, that's funny. Little John's got the huge one. Little John's the top. Yeah, exactly. Big, exactly. Big John is the power bottom. I mean, checks out. But I, my, he my whole thing was all that power. All I could, th- it was so distracting. All I could think during any one of their scenes was whoever wrote this just could not, like, does not understand what it's like to be in a relationship, heterosexual or otherwise. Because nobody, nobody consistently calls each other their nickname like that. Like, hey, Big John, I'm going upstairs. All right, little John, I'll see you up there. Hey, Big John, I got a knife in my hand. 
Me too, little John. Like it's so unnatural. <laughs> it's so unnatural to speak to somebody that way, especially somebody that you're comfortable with. Well, when we're off, uh, when we're off audio and we're not recording the show, I always refer to you as my boo boo kitty fuck. Right, and uh, I mean that's that's different, you know. Yeah, and you always call me slop dick. So, would you care to share the the story behind that with our audience? It's always covered in Greg slop. <laughs> <laughs> and by Greg slop, I mean Greg's mom slop. It's the, it's the goo that comes out of my holes. Uh, it's like, <laughs> like fucking a barrel of toxic waste. It's more like a mug full of glue, if you can imagine that. Like Elmer's? Yeah, anyone who's curious about what, that, what the consistency of my slop is. I used to love... Oh, God. <laughs> you brought this on yourself. I know, I know. I just got a little queasy there. Oh. Because I just pictured you coming and having it just oozing out like fucking toothpaste. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, where we get the enjoyable, like, shoot. Wait, what did you the... say? A goo- boo-boo kitty muffin? <laughs> My or, boo-boo or... kitty fuck. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Meow. He only calls me that because I'm a furry, just to clear that up. Yeah, you like to go fucking yip-yip and shake your tail in front of my face, and I cannot resist that. Yeah, Just so like the guy from The Shining. I formed a crude cat suit out of felt, and I like to fuck Micah with it. Yeah, and then I felt him up. Turns out that's what I'm into, because I'm from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> they got a lot of stuff on that internet. So anyway, Halloween Kills, I'd give it a solid 5 out of 10. That's, a, that's my official score. If you actually should we should we speak in terms of scaries? Speak in terms of scaries because I don't do? want to con- I don't want to confuse the listeners. Okay, right. Greg. It was a little misleading. Five out of ten IMDb score. Yeah, okay. yeah. But it's going to be a five out of five in terms of scaries. Were there tits in it? I don't remember seeing tits. I don't think so. Take a fucking scary off. I think uh, Big John might have had some some memories. Ah, yeah. A little man pudge. That's why they called yeah. him Big John because he was. Hefty oh, breast. You know what? That's right. We saw Lori's daughter breastfeed that fucking penguin guy, so. Yeah, there you go. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's I mean, honestly, that's the only reason it gets a five out of five for me. I would yeah. like to see an entire uh spin-off starring Penguin Guy before he meets his demise. I want to know what happened. Uh, oh, I want to know his background. Movie. You know what his background is? He's schizophrenic and probably ate his fucking nails or some shit, so they locked him up. I, yeah, I, I think he's he's got some, like, probably some legitimate mental disorder that caused him to spend a little bit too much time lurking around the playground at the Haddonfield School. Hey, how uh, the fuck did uh, uh, Tommy Jarvis... Oh, Jesus Christ, not Tommy Jarvis. T- Doyle. How the fuck did... Uh, uh, little Jimmy Doyle. Not, how, how did he not recognize... Uh, how did he not recognize, like, that that wasn't Michael Myers? Like, come on, man. Well, I can tell you why. It's huh. a badly written movie. Oh, oh. Yeah, you see, uh, whoever oh. wrote this didn't really know what they were doing. Yeah, uh, dude, I just can't wait to see fucking Terrifier 2. I think that's going to be the answer to the fucking slasher genre. Yeah, it'll it'll revive it, I think. I have confidence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I thought the slasher genre was going to boom after 2018 with the, uh, the Halloween movie that came out then. Uh, well, the fucking Terrifier. Uh, uh, there's still another Terrifier. one coming. I mean, just because uh, just because the follow up to 2018's Halloween wasn't quite as good, uh, they st- I mean, we all know it's going to be a trilogy. So this third one might bring it all around, might put the the second one in context, uh, sure. Might, might kind of recap it, just just put a nice little bow on that fucking package, and uh, you know, will it remains to be seen. But I will say, speaking of the slasher genre, yeah, my man, and uh, iterations into franchises that have gone on for a very long time. 
Yeah. Um, another one I checked out recently was Leatherface. Okay, this is something that I talked about a few weeks back. I think it was the last episode that we recorded together in person. Yeah, or whenever we did um, The Next Generation. Texas Chainsaw, The Next Generation. I believe we talked about Leatherface. Okay, yeah. And uh, I had not seen it at that point, because although I do really love the Texas Chainsaw franchise, I think that might have been the only one that I hadn't seen yet. So uh, I made a point of taking a look uh, this past weekend, and I have to say, fuck that movie. Fuck that movie. Yeah. Somebody actually tried to defend it recently. Oh, on they're Twitter. incorrect. Yeah, they were like, oh, you just don't like the movie because it's a, it's all about breaking out of an asylum and being on the run. It's actually a good movie. And I'm Why like, that... no, no, it's fucking what? not. The movie's fucking terrible. Hold on. I mean, I know when people straw man arguments, they tend to say some stupid shit. That but was saying, pretty stupid. But saying, like, you don't like it because it's an on-the-run movie and uh, there's a, a prison break it to me. Who wouldn't like that? That's yeah. a great plot. I enjoy yeah. that plot. I love that plot. It just didn't work here. And the dumbass twist where they, oh. had a, they had a decoy fat guy in it. Yep. What the hell? Yeah, we're spoiling this movie because we don't give a fuck You shouldn't about see this it, shit. okay? We're going to spoil no, the show. No, don't see it. Because you so they have a... See they have a big creepy fat kid that escaped the asylum with everyone else. And of course and you're supposed it, to just assume this is a uh, little Jebediah. Yeah. You know? It turns out it's not, it turns out it's the one that's handsome in shape and has his shit together. Leatherface, He's the one who's actually Leatherface. I cannot express my disappointment with this enough that Leatherface is a, like a movie star level, handsome teenager yeah. throughout most of his youth. And then somehow, at some point, between this film and I guess the original, or I guess between this and Texas Chainsaw, the beginning, you know, the first couple, between those movies, he became a large, fat, uh, let's call it mentally challenged, homicidal he, uh, maniac. Leatherface couldn't speak. He couldn't get words out. And this kid was able to talk with an incredible vocabulary. Yeah. Yeah. And he had, he had like, compassion. He had empathy. Exceptional empathy. Exceptional like, vocabulary. He was way too much of a normal child. Like, they're, they're trying to put across the idea that he was turned into Leatherface. Like, that he wasn't always this homicidal beast. But that's not scary. Like, what makes Leatherface such an intimidating, imposing presence when you enter the Texas Chainsaw property the sawyer farm yeah uh is that there is a large unreasonable angry chainsaw wielding essentially like primitive man and with a cleft lip and fucked up yeah. teeth yeah but the point is that you cannot reason with him he's driven by murder unless you're carolyn williams who seduces leatherface and Leatherface comes in his fucking pants but by rubbing a chainsaw on her chip on her She clit. does that by appealing to his basic animal instincts, which is yeah. this is my point. He's a fucking animal. He's and as we love to say on this show, he's more animal more than man. Than man. And that's what makes his character great. He doesn't have that's to right. speak. He, he, all he needs to do is grunt, mumble, and run. And the shittier he runs, the more of a fat guy run he has, the more scary he is, honestly. That's why I am incredibly excited about uh, Fede Alvarez's new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that's coming out in two months. A Fede. A fe Fede. 
es, a fe de a fe España. De... <laughs> yeah, really. No, I, I feel like, I saw, I, I was like Fede's going to bring this one around. He's going to bring this franchise oh, around. Oh, absolutely. I don't, all I picture when we do that is fucking Father uh, Father Karras. No, wait. Who the fuck was the, the young priest from The Exorcist? The, Fede, Fede, why, why you do this to your mama? Oh, Eric Fede. Estrada. Fede. Oh, yeah. no, you're thinking of George Lopez. Oh, the Fede. Fede. <laughs> Uh, I also, uh, I also recall earlier in the week when we were just bullshitting together that you had a chance to check out a movie that I have been trying to fucking get you to watch now for a while. And that's nobody sleeps alone in the woods at night. Yes. And finally you got to watch it. Well, I intended to, uh, I really wanted to see the sequel after you talked it up so much, but I was like, you know, it doesn't really make sense to watch the sequel and not the first one. Right. So start at the beginning. And I'm glad I did. I mean, honestly, I don't get to say this very often in my life. This this might be the first, maybe only time, and it might I might not be able to make this statement again for many, many years. So I'm gonna go uh-huh. with it. Uh, uh-huh. This movie makes me proud to be Polish. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, slightly, a little bit. They got it right on this one. They uh, they honestly, they knocked it out of the park. Way to go, Polak horror! You fucking you you killed it for once. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> Very good. But yeah, I mean, anyone who hasn't seen it, I'm, I'm just going to give a quick, uh, you know, a brief rundown. Please it do. is essentially, I'd, I'd call it Friday the 13th meets uh, The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. Um, it's got just as much humor as it has awesome gore. Oh, yeah. Very interesting take on the slasher genre, and it's it's unique. You know, it, Very it, it does it, it indulges in references where it's necessary, but it doesn't overdo it. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it comes at it from its own angle. So it, it is it's worth checking out. Like I said, I, I haven't it. seen that second one. I know you have, but I oh, think this good. is a, yeah. This is a series to keep your eyes on, for sure. The this the first one's great, like you know, smoke a joint, whatever, and enjoy it. Have a couple uh three fingers of uh whiskey or something like that. Now the second one is straight up like Take a fucking handful of shrooms to the face. I've heard it gets uh, Yeah, oh, oh yeah, it is bananas. Yeah, it's 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 fucking out there, dude. It's I mean good. this this movie basically has everything that we love here at uh at Damn That Scary. It's got the gore. It's got, it's the, got tits. the gore. Oh, so much tits. Uh, Polish tits. It's it's got a handicapped gentleman murdering people. Yep. It has a Two. it has police indulging in prostitutes. Yep. Uh it has teenage sex on a beach. It has yeah. drug abuse. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I believe there was at least one decapitation. Hell and yeah. it, it involves fucking aliens. Yeah. In a weird kind of strange roundabout way, there are aliens in this movie. Yes. So yeah. There's a. so much going on. I mean, realistically, I would have appreciated Leatherface more if they just said that he was a fucking alien. Because, <laughs> than... <laughs> I mean, not, not to give too much away, but the, the nemesis, nemesis, there are two of them in uh, Nobody Sleeps in the Woods. They are Leatherface-esque yeah. in certain ways. Like They're not a direct copy of them, but they they exude Leatherface vibes. Do you know who they remind me of? Bobo and Little Devil from Nothing But Trouble. You know, I was going to say that exact thing. Bobo and Little really? Devil. Yeah, yeah. It's got Bobo yeah, written yeah, all yeah. over it. I mean, dude, Dan Aykroyd fucking uh, wrote and directed that movie, and it is a fucking beautiful movie. Yeah, anyone who doesn't know about Bobo, t- take a look at that, too. Good stuff. Yeah, you 
You know what I'm talking about, right? No, I have no idea. I actually have Oh, you, you've never watched that movie? No, Dan Aykroyd plays a Bobo in it? No, no, Dan Aykroyd plays a judge, uh, but he also plays like this giant man baby. Uh, it, it's it's him and uh, an- another actor. I, I forgot who it was, but they're like, uh, they're like giant baby Hueys and they're greasy and they're just disgusting. Uh, no, say no more. You had me at giant man baby. Yeah, Chevy Chase is in it. Demi Moore is in it. Uh, John Candy. Uh, yes. Two... Uh, not two live crew. Uh, uh, three six mafia. Uh, fuck no 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 not three six. Tupac, Shock G, help me out. Digital Underground. They were in it. Yeah, Digital Underground's in it. Nice. It turns out Dan Aykroyd's favorite band at the time was Digital Underground, and he had them in the movie. I mean, rightly so. Like they are fantastic. Yeah, it's just wild that like Dan Aykroyd's a fan. I mean, they they made probably one of my favorite music videos of all time. <laughs> Which one? The all around the world where Tupac is like the the pharaoh. Dan Aykroyd was in that music video, right? Because he was a huge fan by that point. He was playing bagpipes in it or some shit. Oh, it's fantastic. That that like '90s rap where it was fun like that is like that cheesiness. Because I don't it, go nowhere without my gym hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, to keep the holiday season going, I've been watching every single uh, installment of. Silent Night, Deadly Night, oh. which includes the 2012 loose remake, uh, Deadly Night. Beautiful. Uh, dude, they're all great. Obviously, the first one is a fucking classic. We all know and love it. Punish. We love Linnea Quigley and her fucking amazing death by getting impaled by antlers through her back, through her mm, mm, breast. All praise uh, the Quigley. Hail the Quigley. Hail Quigley. Hail the Quigley. Hail Quigley. Hail the fuck Manicus. Uh, Hail Quigley. But, yeah, uh, and of course, we all know the second one, Garbage Day. Man, that's a big but one. But it turned out that uh, uh, you're not too familiar with the ones past that point, right? I gotta be honest, I thought there were only two. So the third one, it's like a Nightmare on Elm Street thing with this blind psychic who has a connection to the killer in the first movie. It turns out he's not dead. Okay. Uh, and it's also not the same actor. He was replaced with Bill Mosley. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and he's currently in a coma and his whole, the whole top of his head is removed and replaced with like a fun 1950s, like sci-fi looking thing where it's just like his brain is encased in glass and fluid. It's fucking great. Oh, that is fun. It's a nice the little fourth, uh, chop top reference there too, a little bit. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And then the fourth one has, uh, it's all about like a coven. It's like a, a witch's coven thing that involves bugs. And for some reason, Clint Howard is in it and he's creepy as fuck. Did you say an oven of witches? Coven. An oven? An, an oven? Like, a, like an oven full of witches? I mean, I, are you cooking witches? Because I love me some witches <laughs> too. Uh, you ever see Four Rooms? No. You know that? Okay, never mind. That's a that's a line from that movie. Oh, yeah. Sort of is depends on whether or not you've seen it. Whether that makes no. Any sense. It turns out I I did not. So that reference was wasted on me. I All apologize. right. Well, moving on. The fifth installment of Silent Night Deadly Night has a fucking toy maker in it that the toys kill people. Okay, so this is a puppet master movie. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Or a demonic toys movie. Yeah. Or a and Puppet Mickey... Master versus Demonic Toys movie. And fucking kooky-ass Mickey Rooney is in it. Oh, shit. Yeah, man. He's my second favorite Rooney. Who's your first? Well, that would be Andy. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, you guys, you guys go very good, very good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're gonna split hairs here. I like Rooney Rourke myself. Mickey's older brother. <laughs> Rudy. How about we get? Oh, fuck that movie. You're too small about... to go to the Super Bowl, Rudy. Oh, shut up, guys! I can do the ball. I'm in the man. I can score just as many touchdowns as the big kids. Yeah, come on, Joe Montana, give me that ball. I'm gonna get me a field goal. And I think it ends uh, with him dying, doesn't it? Yeah, probably. Like, not even from playing football, just, like, from AIDS. Uh, I thought it was because he didn't inject his insulin. Well, it's because he was, he was playing football in Philadelphia. Wait, he had AIDS? <laughs> just in like your... Jenny Jenny from Forrest Gump? In the sequel, yeah. Oh. Oh, the sequel's called Rudy 2 Bloodlines. Rudy 2 Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now I get the Philadelphia reference. There he is. Tom Hanks had AIDS. <laughs> Rudy versus the volcano. <laughs> <laughs> I like Rudy and the burbs. Okay. Uh, <laughs> how, about, how about Rudy or Rudy five survivor? <laughs> or no, wait, wait. Castaway. That's what I'm going for. Castaway. <laughs> survivor. What the fuck? Well, I mean, whatever. I mean, we all like Tom Hanks, right? Just imagine him and Rudy. That, that's that's the whole thing. So, my friend, I, I think I want to get to a little bit of news. Okay. Now that we're done. Uh, <laughs> long uh, last. Yeah, seriously, right? Uh, not much going on this week, my friend. Uh, but I was going to say, please the, don't uh, tell me that Tom Hanks has AIDS. He might. I mean, when's the last time you've seen Tom Hanks do anything? Right, let me give the quick disclaimer that we are not a reliable news source. Don't take any of our stories to heart. You uh, should probably use this in your report. Although Tom at, Hanks like, has recently disappeared and has been, uh, you know, rumored to have various diseases over the last year or two. None of them. Uh, the AIDS. whole rumor is, is that he was fucking kids, right? Um, was it? Yeah. I, I mean, dude, you know how the internet is. It's like, oh, you hung out with Jeffrey Epstein once and you're a pedophile, you know? Hey, come on. Oh, well, uh, absolutely. I mean, if you uh, if you were friends with Jeffrey Epstein, you 100% were probably having sex with children. Oh, dude, I've been following that Ghislaine Maxwell trial. And Have I think you? it's too... Yeah, it, this is horror-related because it's fucking the most horrific thing going on in the world. Well, this is real-life scary. This is real-life scary, yeah. Especially Human trafficking to six-year-olds. Uh-huh. Uh... If you're a yeah, Colombian uh, six-year-old, this is really scary to you. It, it came out that Jeffrey Epstein uh, went to visit the White House a total of 17 times while Clinton was in office. No shit. He had a fucking portrait of him in his house. Yeah, right? Like, they were they were buds. They were best fucking friends. Yeah. They were the type of guys that would keep a secret to the grave, if you know what I mean. Yeah, because they fuck kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes both at the same time. All right, so let's get away from that depressing talk there, and I'm going to get into this. I'm actually uh, shivering with terror right now. The uh, Tim Burton's Netflix series, Wednesday, okay. uh, which is getting eight episodes for the first season, is turning out to be quite the exciting project, Greg. I'm excited. Because now we know that George Bercia has been cast to play as the giant Frankenstein-like butler, Lurch. Hell yeah, the George Bercia? Yeah, the George Bercia. From such TV shows and hit films as? Well, you may know him from Comrade Detective, Say Yes, and Dawn of the Night. Actually, wait a minute. I actually am a fan of Comrade Detective. Uh, wh who was he in that? 
Oh, wait, are you serious? No, Comrade Detective is fantastic. If anyone hasn't seen it, it's a, it's a hilarious show. I was literally faking this the same way I fake my orgasms. Does I... it say the name of the character? No. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who he plays. Uh, you know so... who he kind of... The guy kind of looks like... Uh, I forget the actor's name, but the guy from Silver Bullet, he was daddy and people under the stairs. Oh, yeah, yeah. He kind of looks like him. He's in uh, Twin Peaks also. Yes. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he's also the lead singer of Talking Heads. Um, yeah. Uh, but Danny Elfman is actually going to be collaborating again with Tim Burton with this in providing a score for uh, for Wednesday. It's kind of funny that considering that um, David Byrne is in this film, that they would go with Danny Elfman for the soundtrack. I mean, uh, that's, gotta be, that's put, just an insult. That's like a kick in the fucking dick to him. Listen, put the two together. Uh, David Byrne from Talking Heads and Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman would fucking beat him in arm wrestling, leg wrestling, break his back, fuck him in the ass, and make him humble. Because Danny Elfman is in his 60s, but Danny Elfman is fucking jacked and ripped. And he's also covered in tattoos. Well, it's also tough to wrestle in that giant fucking suit. You know? <laughs> they can get caught on all kinds of things. It's not really aerodynamic. Hey, man. Same as it ever was. Hey, stop making sense, you know? <laughs> hey, man, I'm just over here trying to burn down this house. Ink burning down the... Oh, boy. Oh, it's that song. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Love those talking heads. You know what? Delete the episode. <laughs> Delete it. We gotta fucking do this again. All right. Restarting. Yeah, so I'm going to do that to your mother, what oh. I did to you 37 years ago. Ah, oh, fuck. Hi, You're going to dive in feet. Okay, never mind. Dive in feet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we're back with more news. Hey. Yeah, we are. So, Greg, uh, the most beloved man in Hollywood right now, mm -hmm. uh, of course, is Keanu Reeves. We all love him. Oh, okay. I was going to say Chris uh, Pratt. Oh, <laughs> people do love that guy. <laughs> I think he's getting too much shit, man. That's, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, he, he made a wrong turn at voice acting and he just, I don't know if he's going to recover from it. If he made a wrong turn, you know what type of movie he's going to end up in. Something with three fingers, all one eye and sawtooth. You know what I'm Something, saying? Some shitty times in Appalachia. Yeah. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is actually lob lobbying now for a sequel to Constantine. Okay. He's putting his own money into it. Uh, he's getting someone to fucking write a script right now. I guess there were already were like five scripts written for Constantine two. Okay. Um, I think some of it might be left over from the show. I don't know, but like there are scripts out there. But Keanu Reeves is like trying to handpick, select a script, a director, and he's putting his own fucking funding into it. So, so he's I could... uh, executive producing. Hell yeah, dude. You know Good what? Let's wait. Let's wait a few years. We're going to get another Constantine movie, which honestly, man, I, I, what is the last time you watched that movie? It's been a while, but I have to say that movie has always had my absolute favorite depiction of the devil. In okay. It. Everybody says that. I, uh, I really like, um, because of his mucky feet. He did have muck feet. Yep. Yeah. No, no. Phenomenal. I like, I like goo on a foot. Viggo Mortensen is my favorite depiction of Satan from The Prophecy. Okay. That's a good one, too. I uh, could lay you out and fill your mouth with your mother's feces, or we could talk. 
I prefer to talk. Well, it depends on what you're into. Most days. Like if it was uh, your mom, I'd say fill her up. <laughs> and then you dove in like feet first or something. I don't remember what Joker <laughs> was trying to make. You know, then there's also Tim Curry from Legend. Yeah, I don't know. I think he was he wasn't actually Satan. That's uh, that one's more visual though. Yeah, he, yeah, visual. Yeah, it's mostly the look of it. Tim Curry didn't have those abs. Nah, I mean he no. might have. He was he was pretty. Well, no, we we saw him in uh, Rocky Horror, right? Yeah, when he was a sweet transvestite, the sweetest, very sweet. in history. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, he really didn't have like those jacked abs in that movie, did he? No, no, no. He had that. Uh, he did have a flat stomach, and then somehow his whole body just went to shit. He's had an ass that wouldn't quit, though. I'll tell you. I tell you what. Agreed. Like, you know, the sweetest part of the sweetest transvestite is the ass. Is is the ass. Yes, sir. Yep. All right. That is a fact. Do you have any news this week, Greg? Anything you want to add to this? Uh, well, you covered all the movies that I watched in the last uh, seven days. So, got to say, uh, there's really seven, just one left. Seven days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and would that be the movie of the week, my man? Well, picture from Italy. Nightmare City! Nightmare City! Nightmare City. Yeah, we, we, we did that well. We timed it. Oh, hard. we did it so well. Uh, I feel like this is something we could have done during our Jalo month. Absolutely. Uh, but we didn't. But you know me, I'm a sucker for a fucking weird Jalo movie. You told uh, me before... often that you're a huge Umberto Lenzi fan. Hey, of course I am. Just say his name. It rolls off the tongue like a clit. Lenzi. Lenzi. Fede and Lenzi. But before we get into that, I think it's time to apologize. It's just one thing we got to do here. Matt, let's hit that fucking piano. Play me off, Matt. I'm going first. Do it. All right. Now, normally, this is the time where I give myself an opportunity to apologize for my shortcomings, my mishaps, and uh, fuckery from the prior week. Uh, But instead of... uh, apologizing i am actually demanding a fucking apology from my co-host greg for picking chud to bud the chud what what yes i want you to apologize to me oh come what no apologize apologize to me apologize to the fans and say you're sorry well this is is certainly unexpected well expect it (laughs) you're expecting me to apologize to you? I ain't sorry for shit. I need an apology, Greg, if you want this friendship and show to work. Oh, God damn it. I do want those things. So I know you do. There we go. I have to say sorry to all of our listeners, uh, particularly my friend, co-host, and hetero life partner, Micah, for recommending <laughs> that we review Bud the Chud last week. May have been a little bit of a misstep, miscalculation. Uh, just not an overall great idea. Uh... Not not have been, uh, it might not have been the bona fide classic that I remember it to be. And I guess it really only loosely met our criteria for Maneater Month. Yeah, um, well. You know, I mean, men were eaten. Much, <laughs> much like some of the films that you told me you were watching last week. Um, we cut that part. Uh, but God damn it, Bud the Chud has its moments. Watching that Chud dog fuck with the mailman is fantastic. And it almost Uh, makes up for the fact that there was neither gore nor nudity in the entire film. Uh, But with that said, we have an extra special treat for you this week. It's a movie about vaguely cannibalistic non-zombies, or as I like to call them, non-bees, taking over a town 
while pursued by the government and some random unlikely protagonists. So uh, get ready, kids, because Maneater Month continues and it's all chuds all the fucking time. Yeah, you know what? It turns out that there's chuds in this fucking movie. Frank, apology yep. accepted. Okay. Uh, it turns <laughs> oh, yeah, out sorry that there about are... that last one. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is just full of a bunch of fucking chuds also, but they should have been the chuds from Bud the Chud, where they are just over-the-top gruesome. Yeah, it turns out Umberto Lenzi, his original intention was to make a sequel to Bud the Chud with this one. But yes. uh, something got lost in translation. He was way too Italian for it. And uh, the script got so a little Italian. mixed up. And we turned out to get Nightmare City. This title is not just a title. It is thematic and literal, I will say. It is. <laughs> we'll get to, we'll get to the literal, literal part. Nightmare City. All right. First off, man, how much do you love the cover art to Nightmare City? That's it's the first fantastic. thing I want to talk about. I almost accidentally watched City of the Living Dead because I saw the cover art to Nightmare City and they are fucking identical. City of the Living Dead. Yeah. Is uh City of the Oh, did you did you actually watch any City of the Living Dead? Oh, I've seen it. Yeah. When is the last time you like watched that movie? It was probably a couple years ago, but it, it was yeah. somewhat recent. I mean, it also came out in uh uh 1980 that's the one that had uh uh the chick that got completely naked in the tribe and said i'll yeah. talk to them yeah, and yeah. They, they painted her all up they're like yeah. she, she's like make me look like one of them and i'll go uh i'll go parlay so they're like hold on <laughs> yeah. still got i'm not quite done with the makeup on your tits <laughs> it's gonna yeah, be another couple was, of minutes that one was done by uh was that Lu- lucio uh falchi that's a falchi yeah that's a falchi one Yep, this is an Umberto classic, but they're not so different in their in their approach because to describe this film, uh, just in a little blurb, is this is Bud the Chud meets Planet Terror, is directed by Lucio Fulci after getting I hit like in the that. head with a hammer. Okay. Yeah. Most of the reason I say that is because the ending just kind of drops off. <laughs> well, before we get into too much detail about Nightmare City. There is actually a remake for Nightmare City in the works right now, Greg. Mm-hmm. Directed by the Savini himself. The Savini, who is an ancient beast. He who cannot be destroyed. Hail the Savini. He who battles cars and wins. <laughs> he yes. who remakes classics better than the originals. <laughs> Oh my god, he is absolutely fucking phenomenal. I love him so goddamn much. His penis is a revolver. Uh, a double revolver. He can officially tell people that he is the sex machine. Yes. I mean, how cool is that? This is also uh, uh, one little thing, too, uh, that, like, you know, we just talked about Savini. I know you mentioned uh, Planet Terror, and it made me think of uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino actually loves this movie. It's one of his favorite fucking movies. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino uh, was was back in like 2007 uh, when he was talking about Grindhouse. He uh, he was built, you know, in preps for like Grindhouse coming out. He compared Planet. He actually did compare Planet Terror to Nightmare City, and he was praising uh, uh, Lindsay's film 
Nightmare City. Uh, but he was also calling it a zombie movie, and it turned out Lindsay got really pissed off at Tarantino because he doesn't consider this a zombie movie. He considers this movie a protest, a cautionary tale against the dangers of nuclear energy. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, these are not it's just zombies, a... man. These are non-beasts. No, they are not zombies. They're, they're zombies, yes. <laughs> but, I mean, you can you can see watching this, you can see the clear parallels between Planet Terror and and this and um, oh yeah i know it, it wasn't tarantino specifically that directed planet terror but no, you know but he he, his, you know he had, he had a, a lot of oh he, yeah he had a little bit of say in what went on there i know him and rodriguez are, are close and so oh they were just hanging out talking about nightmare city and like you know uh the corner of their eyes was harvey weinstein raping a actress and they were like oh let's just walk away from here and talk more about how much we love this movie let's just turn on the opposite direction for a moment and pretend yeah. that that's not going on yeah out of sight out of mind isn't that right quentin jesus christ yeah i i, hey, I fucking said it he knew what was going on he didn't do shit about it fuck him you know, uh, i also i i just recently watched uh, once upon a time in hollywood and um i haven't watched it yet oh it's great i mean i i'm a big fan of tarantino and pretty much oh, everything I mean, that he I, does absolutely yeah but he's still but i almost yeah, sadly, it's very likely that he is a piece of shit. But um, I almost expected in some weird, vague way that there would be some reference to, like, Weinstein in it. Like, okay. there would be some, like, just fat, nasty ogre of a producer somewhere in there just, just as, a like, a stand-in for Weinstein. But he didn't Well, that would it. be very hypocritical because that was the guy that was buttering Quentin Tarantino's fucking toast for all those years. I don't remember if he was already on trial by the time that movie came out, but it may have been in production. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. But I mean, if you're uh, going to make a movie, like, it, it's about a lot of the behind the scenes sort of process of Hollywood, more so about the actors and what they go through. Um, but there is there are some okay. producers in it, and they are kind of caricatures. But I, I just thought it would have been hilarious to see a, uh, you know, the dark side of that, where there's just a, a wine scene. Something more along the lines of Boogie Nights, where you see the, oh. uh, you know, you see the the opposite side of how that shit gets made. Oh, the guy that, uh, yeah, the guy that got raided by the FBI because he yeah. had, uh, yeah, he had the pictures of kids. Right, right. Um, something like that. Hey. I mean, he could have presented it in, like, a comedic light or something, but... A comedic light. Yeah, well, you know, let's talk a less about Hollywood rape and uh, let's talk about Nightmare City. Which is more uh, visual it's rape. Italian <laughs> rape, yes. Italian rape, which comes often in the form of a slap to the face. A backhanded slap. The soft rape right. of Giallo. So let's <laughs> right upside your head. So if you want to get right into it, let's talk Dude, about some let's characters, get in, my man. Get into the fucking characters. I want to hear them. I want to see them. I want to smell them. I want to taste them. Let's go, baby. Well, it's funny that we've been uh, musing on Quentin Tarantino for such a long time because our first and uh, most important character, the lead, I will say, our main protagonist, is played by a man named Hugo Stieglitz. And everyone in Germany knows who that is. Yeah, he's a dick stabber. The most notorious <laughs> dick stabber of the 1940s. Yes. Um, anyone who's seen Inglorious Bastards know this dude's fu he fucking rules. I mean, he awesome. might be one of the one of the coolest soldiers of all time. He's just a fucking he's a sneering badass. He's yep. not afraid to go down stabbing a man in the penis. No, and, uh, he will seriously stab your dick. And honestly, I bet he stab you in the beaver too. Yeah. I mean, even better if you're a Nazi, you know, but he's, yeah. he's just, uh, he's a brutal man. 
Um, you know what happened to Elsa, the she-wolf of the SS? She stabbed, stabbed in the beaver. In the, ran yep. the beaver by Hugo. Yep, he was there. I think all uh, major all major Nazi stabbings uh, of that entire like decade of, let's say, like 1935 to 1945, you could probably just assume it was uh, Hugo Stiglitz doing the stabbing. Yeah. But that's Absolutely. the actor. Uh, that's the actor who is also a real-life dick-stabbing, uh, <laughs> a real-life uh, dick-stabbing soldier. But he plays a character named Dean Miller. Every man, Dean Miller. Yes, this is what makes him such a great actor because he has to pretend during this film that he's not a dick-stabbing badass and that he's just a humble journalist. And he also has to pretend that he's not from Mexico. Sure. Is he Mexican? I thought he was, uh, was German. What's that? I don't fucking know. Uh, no, no, he was. He's uh, he's actually from uh, New Mexico. Uh, he is of uh, Spanish descent, and it was actually the um, the directors, the director or was the producers. They wanted him to be in the movie because they wanted to expand this movie to like a Spanish audience. Oh, so they thought it would sell well because uh, you know they had you had a little touch of everyone in there. You think and he's friends was, with the fade? Probably. But uh, they they wanted uh, they they wanted a Spanish uh, actor because it's obviously like the city it's ambiguous like it, it could be New York City it could be fucking Europe like we don't fucking they never know exactly tell is. you what city or country this takes place in uh, actually it's Nightmare City to be oh, exact all right. from Nightmare Pennsylvania which is what I call Intercourse Pennsylvania oh god yeah because yeah. <laughs> it certainly yeah. appears in my nightmares uh, but moving on Dean Miller is a noble journalist. He's a man who is dedicated to the truth. He's a seeker of information, a defier of authority, a beard rocker, and it turns out a ninja master. Yeah, really good at throwing stuff, too. His skill set just keeps expanding as this film goes on. You learn that he is good at all forms of combat. He's essentially like a, like a stunt driver, a oh, judo stunt master. Stuntman Mike. Yeah, this guy rules. He's fucking great at everything. He might be one of the most awesome protagonists of any Giallo film. But next up, we we have a character that I just referred to as Miller's wife. Because I think oh, only God. once or twice they, they call her by her first name. It's Anna. But she just kind yeah. of plays the, the role of Miller's wife. She is a career-focused doctor. That's about it for her positive traits. Because on the other side, she's a dismissive spouse, a preachy yep. misanthrope. A clothing yep. thief and a mental yep. luddite. Uh, and she also uh, just really sucks. Yeah, that's kind of that's that's the quick way of saying all of the things that I just said. <laughs> she fucking yeah. sucks. A <laughs> um, little bit of a minor role here, but we have Mister Desmond, who is the new studio owner, uh, which makes him Dean Miller's boss. He is a sniveling worm, a government flunky, a bootlicker, yep. and a bitch. And that's about it, because he's not yes. in this movie for long. So the aforementioned government is made up of several characters. First and foremost, General Matchison, or Mackison, or I don't know how to say that, because I watched the Italian version of this. I think it was um, Matchison. And actually, that, that brings up a good question. Did the version you watched, was it dubbed or subbed? It was dubbed. Really? Mine, I watched it with subtitles. Holy shit, really? Yeah. So, oh, the dubbing, um, the dubbing in the movie is phenomenal. Is it? Oh, um, it's great. I'm, I'm glad you, you saw the other version, because we can talk about both. And you, uh, you, you recognize a lot of the same voice actors. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, very good shit. Uh, think about back when we, uh, we actually did our Jalo month. 
Uh, it was it was basically like every voice actor from uh, uh, a- a- any fucking Jalo movie you've seen, dude. That's it's, awesome. It's, yeah, so you're like you're so used to the voices, especially like I feel like the cops and like people of military, uh, people yeah. that are like in the military, they all have the same fucking voice. It's great. You recognize anybody from the editor? <laughs> sure there's got to be at least one <laughs> but anyway yes. this is uh this is general mackison mackison yeah, i'll probably general get Hospital. that wrong throughout the whole thing yeah that's fine he's the head of the dod or as i like to call it the department of defense oh uh, dodd he is a no-nonsense military man he hates chads he loves his family and he's a real ronald reagan type very and yes, I said Chad's, but I'm not going to tell you what that means just yet because I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, please don't. I'll let you make your own assumptions. Make um, it, baby. So second to General Matchison, we have Major Holmes. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what his first name was. It was like Walter Major. or something like that. Okay, Major. His yeah. name is Major Holmes. He is a conscientious officer. He is a sexual dynamo. He's a man of the people, a diligent investigator. And for some reason or another... He is not limited by either time or space. He will definitely fuck you. He will be in America one day, and then uh, five minutes later, he's going to be in Italy. And then maybe he'll be in France, and then maybe he'll be in Russia. But this man can literally teleport. I don't know how he managed to do all that, but he did. He jumps around to like every major geographical location in this film, uh, just scene by scene. He's always somewhere different, and it does not take him long at all. So, yeah. if you're wondering what teleport meant, that uh, I just fucking defined it for you. So, <laughs> right, next up, we've got Sheila, who is his sexy Italian wife. She is a feminist. She's a sculptor. She is a danger dismisser, a revolver slinger, an eye gouger, and a very poor house barricader. Oh, the worst. Yeah. But she puts out. Does she? So that's, uh, you know, that's kind of her whole character. Got to yeah, say, she doesn't have I've a whole heard. lot of lines. She doesn't have a whole lot to do in this film. Other than... She, uh, you know, this is Jello. So anyone who expects a whole lot out of their female characters, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't get too excited. Nope. And uh, that's it for our human cast. But I would be <laughs> remiss if I didn't express uh, my interest in a very important character that I called Ginger Puff. Ginger, Ginger Puff? Did you catch this one? Help me out. You sound uh, you sound like you may not be quite as focused on these things as I am. No, um, clearly not. <laughs> he is an awesome fluffy cat. He is a poolside relaxer. Oh. He's a gas station entrepreneur. He is a snack bar defender and an all-around good boy. <laughs> oh, fuck. I thought you were going to talk about the doctor that was behind the nuclear power plant, but, I mean, fuck me, whatever. Nah, fuck him. There was a cat in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a great-looking cat, I have to say, man. Like, his, his name, Ginger Puff, it's probably all I really had to say. He's orange, and he's fucking puffy. So, yeah. if you like that kind of thing sitting on your lap, which I think we all do, you're going to be really excited in a couple of scenes where young Ginger Puff shows up. So, with that... How would you like to get into the plot? Well, without further ado, let's get into our long-form movie review of 1980s 
Nightmare City, where we start with an aerial view of a city, possibly New York City, possibly Los Angeles, possibly fucking Vatican. It could be Moscow. It could, it could be, be Naples. Uh, I mean, it could be fucking St. Petersburg. It could be fucking Tokyo. Could be Pompeii. Who fucking knows? It probably is Pompeii. I'm just guessing somewhere in Italy. It's, I mean, the version I watched had a lot of Italian-speaking people. Ah, uh, we. Oui. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> you like that? They make your pussy wet? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, impressed that you know Italian so well. I'm so good at Italian. I watch Andrew Dice Clay stand-up. Uh, <laughs> With a little so bit of Jersey dialect. So after we get this aerial view, we go to a news uh, broadcast, which is the BWC, which I believe stands for Big White Cack. Yeah, that's uh, what I've heard. And that's where they actually start talking about It's kind of background where it kind of sets up the whole feel for the movie is that breaking there was news. a nuclear... Yeah, breaking news. There was a nuclear spill at a power plant. This is what uh, every zombie movie of the last probably 20 years has ripped off, was the, the opening crawl of uh breaking news where chaos is fucking ensuing right yeah except this one's a little bit simpler this is just a dude on a camera yet another david byrne talking head just letting everybody know that there was a catastrophic spill at a nuclear facility nearby yes and then uh from there we go into our protagonist dean miller and uh the owner of the news station explaining that he is going to go to the airport and get a fucking interview with the head of the nuclear power plant, Dr. Higgins, I think his name was. I don't Something fucking know. Like that. Yeah, Dr. Quackenbush. Because Miller is a man that knows a story when he hears about it. He's like, I gotta go get the fucking scoop. He's a real yeah. April O'Neil on this one. Uh, but it also shows how fucking serious he is, how he does this whole, like, I'm a dignified journalist, goddammit. He's principled. Very. Yes. Very, very principled. principled. So, while he's talking to his boss about, you know, getting the scoop, so to speak. Meanwhile, a radar anomaly is detected 30 miles away by air traffic controllers who are very confused. Yeah, so they're all at the airport and we got a fucking unmarked plane coming in. Yeah. And they're not saying anything, whatever, and it's totally a military plane, but it's it is unmarked. a military transport and it is coming in fast. And it's coming uh, in hot. I'm going to ask you to be very respectful and not uh, give in to your base instinct and make a 9-11 joke here. I'm doing literally everything I fucking can, dude. Thank you very much, man. I don't want to be offended today. I know our audience doesn't, so uh, I can see you biting your tongue. I, uh, and we all appreciate it. So the plane lands. They're trying to see who's in there. No one's responding. So Dean Miller and uh, his cameraman, who is fucking nameless, I think his name may have been Bob or something. His name is Camera. Uh, Yes. Uh, so we got, by the way, Dean Miller at this point looks like fucking Donald Sutherland mixed with Carmen Sandiego. Oh, it's a good look. It's a great look. It's uh, the yeah. shallow look. It's very uh, deep throat, gumshoe, fucking uh, uh, detective looking. Yeah, whatever they call them. Uh, uh, cock gobblers? Uh, I, I, I think cop go cock gobblers is the correct term. Yeah, the guys, the guys who scoop up the, the clues with both hands and really swallow them down. Oh, just... Yeah, there's yes. a word for that. I, I can't really remember what it is. But... The killer was here. Yeah, they they uh, they they spurt the clues right down their throats and they they regurgitate them uh, to their chief. Yes, investigative journalists. I think that's what it is. Yeah, just like that one guy from CSI that makes the puns. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Dick Sucker Steve. That's who it was. Yeah, we all know him. 
But basically, we've got a we've got a plane with no pilot that is landed I'm... here, which is it's a little odd for a plane in motion, I have to say. Oh, um, come on! We all know the fucking guy flying the plane is Steven Tyler, and this is Aerosmith. <laughs> it takes a real Aerosmith to fly a plane without being in the cockpit. You know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> So he quickly explains to Commander Davidson uh, the three M's of flying a plane. And uh, the airport staff sounds the alarm and uh, comes running with both the police and the army in tow. The aforementioned Commander Davidson demands that they open the doors. He says, you have 30 seconds for your marinara sauce, my friends. Hey, anybody in that plane? Is anybody (laughs) flying that plane? Is Aerosmith in there? You want to... Walk this way, down those, <laughs> down that tiny staircase into the parking lot. <laughs> you gonna tell me about all them toys in your attic? Mm-hmm. So then the door opens up, and surprise, it's a bunch of fucking terrorists coming out with box cutters. It's fucking Chads. After a short wait, we're assaulted by a pack of man-hungry cannibals, and they have guns, they have axes, and I'm pretty fucking sure one of them had a mop. And at this point, I'm gonna yes. tell you, these yes. are not Chuds, my friend. Because chuds, as we all know, are cannibalistic, humanoid, underground dwellers. No, these guys fly fucking planes, and they're all Toxic Avenger. That's right. They look like a combination of the Toxic Avenger and every Fulci zombie that you've ever seen. They're like they're, they're just the midpoint between those two things. Oh, if you've seen the movie Burial Ground, mm-hmm. it's literally the same fucking makeup. Yeah, and it looks good, I have to say. For 1980... It really is not bad. They're they're all in different levels of uh, mutation, I guess we'll call it. Some the of them gore... have just like a boil under their eye. Some of them have yeah. full on like puffy, shitty looking faces. But they no, all shit... they're very Toxic Avenger esque. I will say, yeah, it, it spreads. It spreads, yeah. and like you could, you I, I do appreciate that they have a difference between like fresh ones mm-hmm. and ones that have been like this for oh I don't know a day. Some of them are a little shittier than others, but these. Everyone listening, I, if I can coin a term here, these are chads. These are cannibalistic humanoid airplane dwellers. And they're oh! ready to fuck up the city. They're ready to fuck the city. They're ready to fuck the airport. They want to fuck the military. But one thing is sh- for sure, these are perverted cannibal zombies, and they're ready to fuck. They are. And they're all, they are so horny because every time they kill a chick, somehow her tits pop out. And that's how you know this is Jalo, my friends, because yes. <laughs> and I could just, not... uh, there's not just zombies. These are tit loving zombies. I and they could make, not be fucking that happier. Home. Yeah, they they make a point of it. Not only yes. do they stab you. Actually, one of the cool things about them, and this is how you know that they're not just the usual mindless zombies that are gripping at you with their, their cruddy little fingers. They yeah. use weapons. They stab you. They shoot you. They Somehow they manage to aim guns, which I think is kind of incredible in their state I, of decay. I love it. I love it. Um, but they do not miss an opportunity to tear a shirt off and you'll no. see a lot of that throughout this film um and oh, they actually totally. the director makes a point of setting up scenarios where there will be a lot of young women with terrible clothing i think we get um we get a dance studio we get a hospital full of young nurses oh we get we're a gonna get to, we're gonna get to that yeah um, we're gonna get to all that they they really make a point of it so if you if you've only watched this far at this point get ready you're gonna see it so we just finished off the airport uh massacre mm-hmm. uh with the with the chads uh and we get to dean miller escapes 
uh, by the skin of his dick, yes. goes to the news station and demands MTV Grind to stop playing. <laughs> yeah. He walks uh, right in the middle of the opening of In Living Color, as, as filmed by 1980s <laughs> Italy. Right, it wouldn't be giallo horror without a dancing scene. Oh, and it wouldn't be giallo horror without uh, uh, very ridiculous amounts of racism. Mm, absolutely. And that this is where uh, we have uh, Dean Dean Miller explaining to one of the producers there to cut the feed for MTV's Grind. That's right. And uh, play him because he has a very important broadcast, and that was he was going to announce what happened at the airport. He demands that they is... put him on the news broadcast regarding these chads. The dancers are naturally all pissed, but halfway through his warning, the studio gets a call from the government. Oh, you say, didn't you didn't catch this, did you? Where the guy actually, and I'm quoting this, God damn it! And oh, I just just goes to show how uh, some of these movies could be a little uh, off kilter. I, this is where the you're guy, about to say something racist, aren't you? Oh, I totally am. But this is in quotes. This is where uh, Dean Miller tells him to cut the feed, put him on, and the producer goes, "Whatever you say, massa." That is not what he said in uh, the version that I watched. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? Well, he said so something. This goes... He said something in Italian. Yeah, but what? What did it? Do you remember what it said? I, I think it, it said something along the lines of just like whatever you say, sir, or something like that. Oh my I, god, dude! I don't are think you he, fucking kidding me? The I don't dubbing... think he threw on the blackface and started dancing around like a like, like, an a, like a fucking, individual, like a like the crows in fucking Dumbo. Yeah. Uh, No, dude, that's that's what the dub version actually has in there. Well, that's a spot in our history. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Italian history. You You know, know, the funny thing is they they most likely did that for American audiences just to be like, this is something these people will relate to. They'll understand what people in New York City talk like this. Yeah. Mm. I wish you watched the version I watched. I don't. That sounds, that sounds offensive. Uh, I don't think I would have enjoyed that. So, but yeah, yeah, regardless of how he responds to, to the man Miller, who is fucking awesome, uh, he does cut the, the filming of, what was the show? MTV Grind. Grind, there you go. He, he cuts it off because he's like, yeah, I've seen this before. And he, he allows Miller to go on and do his broadcast. But halfway through his warning, as I said, the studio gets a call from the government. They cut the feed and Miller is like, what the hell? Yep. Turns out, that he is being censored because the Department of Defense is trying not to cause a panic. And General Matchison himself shows up and decides to chew Miller out for stirring up the public. He says the DOD needs to sweep this under the rug first before you actually like inform people what's happening. Like they, they're trying to contain it. I assume this is like this is the plan for any kind of disaster. The government's always going to come in and try to uh, you know, keep everybody in the dark before uh, they let people run wild. And this is where Dean Miller starts showing what a fucking uh, stick up his ass he has, and he does the ah, whole he like stands up to him. Man. I am a journalist. He takes and this no is a, shit. A free country, and the public know they they should know the, their rights, and the right is to news. And he stands behind happening? freedom of the press all the way. As a journalist, he says that I have an obligation to give information to the common man, and no government. Dick is going to stop me from doing that. The general kind of looks at him with a, a little bit of like, you know what? Kind of like your attitude, son. I might have a job for you in the department one day. I, I didn't get that. I thought it was more yeah. of a look like, you know, 
I could have you killed. Well, there's that too, because he immediately afterwards, he goes right over his head and he tells Mr. Desmond, who he knows is a fucking stooge. He's uh he's the station head. And he says, you know what? Keep this motherfucker Miller in line and no news, <laughs> like no news of this. Shit. No news. Now play MTV's the grind. Let's see those. Tits. That's right. Just put on some Shake women em. shaking their asses for the camera. Yeah. I'm going back to the fucking underground office where I work. Yeah, because he's a chud. So Miller fucks off, decides he's got to call his wife, who is a doctor, Dr. Miller. Uh, <laughs> but it turns out that she's on her way to the hospital and the maid answers. Uh, I love that the way uh, uh, Dean Miller straight up snatches this phone from a woman that is like making an important phone call. And he slaps her at the same time. Yeah, he's like, excuse me, honey. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know what your version said, but he goes, excuse me, honey, and just snatches the phone from her. Well, love they, that. They call that the Italian hang up. And oh, you, yes. Yeah, you grab the phone from a woman, you slap her in the face, and she just kind of <laughs> understands. I thought the Italian hang up was a shot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just Sambuco. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, the I don't was the um was there anything hilariously racist about the maid when she answered the phone call? Uh I yeah, I think it was like a Consuela type character. Yeah, because she she definitely um she was noticeably not as Italian as the rest of the characters, I will say. No, she was not. I mean this uh, was nineteen eighty. And- it was normal for, for people like us to have Mexican maids. I wanna say I grew up with a Mexican maid. I know you did. I, of course, um, yeah. I think most people had a Mexican maid in their home, and you know they all uh, they all kind of talk like that. They all kind of act I like that. They were, think uh, that's as as a, as a white man. I believe we've all had these. So yeah, we're used to that. We're used to being oh, served absolutely. by other people. Yes, um, of other cultures. I believe it's called privilege. Uh, we are we're born with the privilege of having a maid in the house. Yes, and you know what? Just like a 1980 sitcom. Uh, not only do I learn a lot from her, but she learns a little from me, too. Oh, it's just it's a wacky relationship, and uh, everyone's better for it. Yes. So, like, meanwhile, we get some good old-fashioned Italian coitus interruptus, which I know uh, is probably one of your favorite parts of the movie. It was definitely one of mine. Because after 15 minutes, we finally got some tits. And I love that this is where Major Holmes makes his introduction. Uh, yeah. Because all I could think, Major Holmes. John Holmes? Major Holmes. Yes, he's about to lay the pipe, but yeah. unfortunately, he's called into work instead. And I love that this is the first time that we had a woman in the movie say, "Don't answer the phone, and it won't be the last." Right? Because he just he just because she said something, he slapped her. Um, <laughs> but they have a quick conversation about how she's been sculpting Chad's unintentionally, <laughs> saying she. And I thought they were actually going somewhere with this. I thought they were too. Because she says something inside me has been compelling me to sculpt these weird figures that are, that are like, they look like the Chads. She's like making Chad portraits. But but it's just like every fucking Jalo film that we've reviewed on the show is that this is just a, a subplot that is so unnecessary. It's a subplot with no resolution. It's just it, it there. Doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. You kind of think maybe there's some, like, maybe there's some demonic possession or maybe there's something getting into her mind. And they mentioned it with another character not not long after. And Honestly, I kind of thought she she was going to have some type of connection that was going to save the day at the end of the movie. Yeah, like a, a Close Encounters kind of thing. Yes. You yeah. Know? Okay, good, good. I, but, I thought maybe she was going to go all carry on the Chads or, sure. uh, you know, uh, the chick. Or she was going to do anything. 13th. She might, she could have done anything, literally uh, something. I, you know what? Show your tits again. I'd have been fine yeah. with that, too. Turns out all that happens is uh, 
she's like, you know, I've, I've been having these crazy visions, these, these weird dreams. Something inside me compels me to sculpt these images that no mortal man has ever seen before. And Holmes is like, yeah, all right, whatever. Slap, slap. I got to go to work. Oh. I'm getting out of, here. Shit out of her. Um, you know, why, why are you speaking to me? Like, we're not having sex or anything. Like I got to go to work. Yeah. So he takes off and uh, we cut to a scene of more dancing. Yes. We're back <laughs> to uh, it's been uh, five minutes and it's a Jalo film. So we've got a class of dancers. I'm pretty sure this was uh, called uh, white people dancing mm-hmm. to contemporary jazz. They're not great at it. And I don't understand the music that was playing. It was literally, I don't know what your version had. I don't know if it was different, but mine was literally contemporary jazz. It sounded like elevator music. Um, yeah, what, was, yeah. what was more confusing to me is that the cameramen are dressed like doctors for some reason. Did you uh, that? Yeah, that's so the lint from their body doesn't get on the fucking cameras or some shit. Is that a normal thing? In Italy. Oh, they're real linty over there, aren't they? They're really linty yeah. and kind of greasy. Oily, I think, is the word. Oh, that's all that olive oil they have. Yeah, yeah. You got to be PC about it. They're not no. greasy. They're oily. Oh, well, I will dip my balls in marinara sauce and they can get a little taste of home, my friend. I'm sure they wouldn't mind it. I mean, as long as it's made by grandma. All right. So yeah. let's say enough of this fucking dance bullshit to contemporary jazz. And yeah. let's take a fucking axe and put it in one of these bitches fucking heads. Because finally, we got ourselves a fucking massacre. This is this actually, is even, uh, this is one of the better practical effects in the film was like the, the axe to the head. The axe to the back of the head is so fucking good, dude. So basically what you're getting at is that the Chads have arrived and taken over the TV studio. And I love that it's the TV studio because they somehow followed Dean Miller there. They didn't bother going to, like, I don't know, a baseball game, a park. They were like, all right, first, the airport, second, big white cock news. Wherever wherever Miller's going, that's where we want to be. Because it seems like that is the – that's kind of a theme throughout this film. And I almost thought, again – I thought they were going somewhere with it. Like the, the wife who had a connection and was sculpting shit. I thought maybe yeah. Miller had some kind of connection too, because the Chad's just kept like coming after him or like following him. I thought maybe there was like, no, maybe Miller's like the chosen one or something. Yeah. Like well, it the, turns out it was just a fucking coincidence. Maybe he's the seventh seal. Maybe he's the ninth gate, you know, maybe he's the, sure. the key master. Maybe something he's like the that. fifth. He's the fifth element. Yeah. Uh, the fifth beetle even. Oh, that fucking guy. Yeah, Stuart Stutcliffe. Stuart um, <laughs> Stutcliffe could suck my dick. Yeah, right? Yeah, what a dumbass. Here comes the sun, my right. ass. So back on this fucking amazing massacre is where we get the, uh, this is where these guys, they they start doing the old uh, stab and suck combo. I yeah, like that. A good stab and a good suck. I'm cool with the second part of that, I'd say. Yeah, get yourself a good suck in there. And they stab a bitch in her tits. Yeah, yeah. That's, again, that's going to happen a couple of times throughout the course Oh, of they film. love stabbing tits. They love so exposing got... breasts and then attacking breasts. And you know what? The choreography in this scene is great because I actually, I, I rewound the scene and watched it again. And I was watching everything behind what we were focused on. Mm-hmm. And everything behind normally is just like people waving their arms around like assholes or whatever, especially in Jalo. Like Italian uh, assholes. Italian assholes. Yeah, very yeah. Very expressive. We, yeah, wee oui, wee. Oui. And, uh, uh, but these, 
there's actually a lot going on. There's other, like, practical effects. Like, I think somebody got his fucking arm chopped off in the background. Yeah, there's, you gotta like, look closely, and you gotta, you might wanna rewind, it, you might wanna pause, but you'll see some cool honestly, stuff Honestly, like, it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't even fucking necessary, because you're not focused on it, but that much attention to detail, mwah, I love, I love this fucking scene of this fucking massacre. And one of the funnier behind-the-scenes stories about this is that it seemed like the stuntmen just couldn't quite get it right. And they had to reshoot probably 40, even 50 times where he's like, so should I grab the tit from this angle? Or like, should I use both hands to grab the tit? I don't know. I, I just can't do it, man. Cut, cut. Let's try it one more time. I don't and, know uh, if these women had a say in it or not, because like, they seem genuinely like, terrified and terrified because they were just getting their tits grabbed i mean such is life uh as a woman in italy i suppose i as such is life isn't that also an italian proverb if you're not getting slapped you're probably getting groped yep you know and uh all i can say is they're not perverts they're italian no, they're just italian i think that hey. that would make a good uh like commercial like a good slogan for like marinara sauce. Do you think Andrew Cuomo, former governor of the state of New York, when he was under fire about that, do you think former he was disgraced like, governor of the state disgraced? Of New York. But like, do you think like he could come out and be like, "Hey, I'm not a pervert. I'm just Italian. Have you not seen Nightmare City? Do you not know Jalo? Let me show you a montage of my people. And then he plays a bunch of Lucio Fulci movies and yeah. fucking uh, Bava movies. And you fucking, know, uh... if we made a compilation, just back to back clips of women being slapped, intercut with tits being groped, it would be like 45 minutes long. Oh, and you know, at some point, Sean Connery's going to pop up and go, yes, that's what I like to do to my wife. Well, you know, Andrew, sometimes they just keep pressing the issue. So it takes a little bit of a backhand to the mouth. And they, uh, they shut them up real good, like. I feel like they see eye to eye on certain things. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Former governor of New York State, former Sean Former disgraced Connery? governor. Former disgraced governor, Sean Connery. Yeah. Well, the important thing is, uh, this marinara sauce is not perverted. It's just Italian. That's right. And it's so fucking Italian that apparently the TVs fucking explode there when thrown. Which is fantastic, because... Miller decides to grab the phone and call the cops. But as he's doing so, two chads decide that they want to fuck with him. Big yep. mistake. Because they don't know his real awesome power. And that is if he, he's basically Gambit from the X-Men. Apparently. So yeah, he grabs his TV. And he just fucking launches it in their direction. And what does it do, Greg? It explodes and it lights the whole fucking place on fire. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> but what's even better is what he does right after that. He proceeds to kick ass through a hallway. Dude, he's he just... straight up Kevin Nash, big boots, one of them. Yes, he's he's just beating the shit out of these chads in a beeline to the door so he can get out of here and save his imperiled wife, or so he thinks. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out she's just at the hospital taking care of patients. One of them being a young boy who tells her of a nightmare that he had recently. About this city. Was it in the city? It was in Mm. this this very city. This Um, city? And he had a nightmare. He tells her uh, that in this dream, a Chad ripped his leg off. And it was painful and scary. And she's like, oh, no, 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 my boy. That could never happen in real life. Not in the Empire of Italy. Although, you should be a little worried. If someone mistakes you for a woman, you might get hit. 
And he's like, all right, duly noted, doctor. I'm going to go back to sleep because I'm on a lot of medication here. Uh, so meanwhile, while this is going on, Holmes and the government are discussing military strategy because they need to counteract this Chad invasion ASAP. And to do this, they decide to observe a body that was taken from the airport. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they decide, which is actually pretty hilarious. The first conclusion they come to is that these are not, in fact, aliens that they're dealing with. Yeah, I like that they got that out of the way. It turns out that this is man. This is the most dangerous game. (laughs) Which is extra scary to both me and uh, the Italians. Oh, Um, yeah. But they they wish they wish it was aliens. They wish they were dealing with those fucking things that Will Smith punched in the fucking face. Right. Because if they slap them, (laughs) then they might just die a lot easier than the typical. Well, big fucking big fucking swerve. All those aliens were men. Good luck slapping them. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that, it turns out that's the key to taking down the Roman Empire is just send the men. <laughs> <laughs> the slap-proof men who don't yes. have tits. Yes. Um, but they bring in a specialist, a uh, like a scientific professional, I guess he is, or like he's in the, the, the Department of Science. A Chad specialist. Yeah. And uh, I just called him Colonel Trebek. I like it. Because I don't know if you noticed, but he sort of resembled that guy from uh, Wheel of Fortune. Uh, Pat Sajak. Ah, yeah. yeah. uh, This guy explains that radiation is what turned these people into chads. And they are. What? They're feral. They're hungry. Mm -hmm. And they seem to have an extra chromosome. So a little bit of a problem. Yeah. And they need blood to regenerate their blood. Because without more blood, they will die. And he makes the brilliant observation that the only way to take them down with a bullet to the head oh so, wow thanks fucking um, piece of shit so they might uh, they might be zombies after all i don't actually know i don't know they're fucking chads they're chads all right so after hearing this news holmes mr john holmes calls yes. his wife his hot wife sheila to warn her about the chads and he says you know what you're gonna have to listen to me listen to me closely because I know there's other things going through your mind, like fucking clothes and shopping right now. Yeah, and doing and, uh, your fucked up artwork. <laughs> and, like painting your nails, doing your hair, uh, all that kind of shit. Yep. Uh, but you're going to have to listen to me. And she she makes the comment, oh, uh, it's because I'm a woman, right? Like, I, you, you probably don't expect me to actually know what you're talking about. And I think they're trying to make some kind of feminist commentary here. Where she's, for once in the history of Italy, uh, the wife is standing up to the husband. Which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, but uh, he tells her, but he slapped her through the phone. Yeah, he gave her he gave her a verbal slapping through the phone by just cutting all that bullshit out. He says, all right, all right, stop talking. Listen to the man for a second. I need you to barricade the house and I need you to let nobody in because it turns out there's a Chad invasion and they're biting necks. And if you're lucky, he'll bite you without groping you. So naturally, if you're lucky, (laughs) naturally, the first thing she does is go outside, which sadly Sort of proves all of his misogyny, right? <laughs> I hate to say it. I mean, this is Giallo. They're not exactly the yeah, most progressive, especially yeah. out in 1980. No. But she, she just kind of wanders out into the yard instead of hiding. I, better, like I better listen to my 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 major husband. My yeah. fucking military, 50 years in the military husband. The man who's who privy to government. top secret information that probably yeah. five people in the country get to know about. 
Like, um, all right, wife, listen to me. I'm not there to slap you right now, but right. there are chads taking over the city. Shit's they going will, down. This is what we've all been warned about. Uh, they will stab you in the tits and suck your blood. Stay indoors. Okay, dear, I'll stay indoors. And she goes outside. Oh, wait a minute. Is that the front door? Oh, maybe I'll go out it. But what does she <laughs> see? But a spooky lawnmower cutting the lawn by itself. Yeah, that's that sweet Tesla lawnmower they had in the 80s. And all I could think was, what the... F- was Stephen King a co-writer on this shit? <laughs> <laughs> this fucking lawnmower possessed by some fucking killer demon. This is the mangler part too, but it's a fucking... <laughs> the mangler. It's a push mower. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lawnmower from Frankenhooker. Yeah, so... Uh, meanwhile, while she's fucking around in her front yard, just wondering why mowers are mowing her lawn on their own. Um, yeah. I mean, this is the 1980s uh, precursor to a Roomba, I guess, but it's a Lawnba. <laughs> uh, something like that. But uh, we get a Chad watching yep. a couple uh, by their pool. And it turns oh, out yeah. this, is, this is General Matchison's daughter and her husband, Bob. And I have to say... Jeff Foxworthy? Um, he looks. He's got a fucking Foxworthy-esque mustache, but more importantly, this is our first appearance of Ginger Puff. Yes, okay. Ginger Puff the Glorious is hanging out poolside. You just get a quick glimpse, but it's enough for you to realize this is the true hero of this film. Without a doubt. And like a true Italian hero, he slaps the woman in the pool and then runs out of the yard into the neighbor's place. And we do not see him again for some time. Oh, we do. Uh, but I like that he he starts talking about how he hates men in uniform and he's a pacifist right yeah. away, giving off the whole like, oh, I'm a girly man, you know, because uh, that yeah. was that was the time where men were men. Yeah. And they, they you know, they want to make a point here with this is um, this is what American men are like. Yeah, this is no Italian. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the wherewithal to slap a woman into her place. So this is where the phone starts ringing again, and literally the second time in the movie where a woman says, oh, just let it ring. Yeah. Yep. When, honestly, it's very fucking important that she answers this phone because it's her fucking major pain father warning her that there's chads taking over the city. Right. Get in the fucking car, private, who gives a fuck. But and her and her butthole husband do not take this seriously at all. No. Uh, fortunately, a chad cuts the phone line which is impressive that they knew what that was all about amen um, so they don't actually get the full message anyway and they decide you know we were going to go on vacation literally in five minutes anyway so let's hop in the camper and let's go out to the countryside yeah meanwhile chads are piling up outside the house they are eating slash molesting the family maid oh and- they got a hold of private who gives a fuck and that's where i said to myself jeff jeff foxworthy really sucks but for some reason, we get to see more tits. Uh, yep. Uh, you know, not the first, not the last. Um, but we are going to see a lot more of this kind of thing. So strap yourselves in. And uh, this is where we cut back to Miller, who has finally made it to the hospital. He busts in demanding to see his wife. Um, yep. They initially don't want to give him access to her because she's about to go into surgery. But he does overhear uh, somebody on the phone, another doctor on the phone. And he hears that they are dealing with many, many inpatient emergencies today. Yeah. Yeah. Emer- uh, inpatient emergencies in the dark. Yes. Because the power uh, is now out. 
this point, yeah, in the hospital. Yeah. Well, because the military base entrance has been assaulted by Chads, specifically a Chad soldier by the name of Whitey. And he not only did he assault the main gate, but he did it with a van full of his Chad friends. I have to say, yeah, just yeah. Chad. He they would they all get along together. They you know what, honestly, like Maybe it's not bad to become one of these chads because of the the unity that they share. Like they they don't care what you look like. Uh they don't care if you're man, woman, child, black, Asian, uh uh Mexican. They don't give a fuck. They all have one purpose and that's to band together and just kill the fuck out of everybody and grab a bunch of tits in the process. They they're tit biters. Like they all, they don't care who you are. They just as long as you like to bite tits, like you're in their group. They're much like juggalos in that respect. Okay, okay, sure, I get it. They spray some fago, bite your tits off. All inclusive, um, man, all inclusive. And there was something about, and now, uh, there. I remember there was a scene of one of these chads strangling somebody, and this particular chad, of course, looks like Toxic Avenger, Correct. but he is also wearing a button-up with, like, a Carlton sweater over top of it, and that, like, god damn it, if I got strangled by somebody dressed like that, I, I would be fucking livid. I'd be upset. Yeah, like that's not yeah, how you want to I go would out. Be, I would be so fucking livid. Nobody wants to die by Carlton, whether it's a chud or otherwise. No. And uh, I love, we get back to the hospital where uh, Dr. Uh, doctor Wife and uh, Dr. Doctor and a few other nurses, they're operating on somebody which appears to be by fucking candlelight. Yes, the Miller's wife. She's going to work. And they're just kind of guessing that he's alive. Hoping, I would say. Yeah, right. I, they're straight up operating on this guy like it's the fucking Civil War. Mm-hmm. And they realize that they need more plasma. So they send uh, Ma Miller to go to the other room, which I believe is just the plasma room or whatever. These have shelves and shelves of bottles of plasma. Hey, Unrefrigerated, man. I will say. They're just kind of sitting there. You know what? The room is a refrigerator, okay? This is Italy. Is that it? They have refrigerator rooms over there? Is that yeah. What, is that what it'll be known for? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, she goes and she decides to take a little bit of plasma off the old plasma shelf. Yep. And it uh, turns out that she gets assailed by Judge Judy <laughs> <laughs> and her Chad friends. Um, and as she's escaping them, as she's running through the hospital, she finds that all of her patients from earlier in the day are all dead in their beds, soon to be Chad's yep. themselves. Yeah, the weird pedophile-looking one and her favorite patient, the young kid who had the nightmare about the city. Yeah, nightmare boy. Um, and I have to say at this point, that is the end of that thread. Uh, his nightmare doesn't pan out. That's it. Doesn't go there's, anywhere. There's He's no dead fucking now. connection. I thought, yeah, so you thought what I thought was that uh, Dean Miller, the lead, yep. uh, the uh, the Sheila. one fucking, she, uh, Shayla. You know, uh, oh, pretty little Shayla. Who dreams of glizzies. Yes, I thought Sheila, the fucking Nightmare Kid, Dean Miller, and I think there was another character were all going to, like, band together and somehow fix the day with their brain power. Yeah, like, they were they were going to be, like, the survivors from The Stand, you know? They were going to be, like, the Fantastic Four. Yeah, like, they, 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 I assume that they would have all some kind of immunity or some kind of power that would, uh, you know, become apparent. A little yeah. bit later in the story, but nope, this guy's this kid's dead. That's the end of him. Dead. Um, fortunately, right about now is when uh, Dean Miller shows up no, to save no, his no, wife, my friend. just in time, and uh, the surgery room is overrun with blood drinking chads. 
They're going straight for the plasma jars. Yes, and I absolutely love this part because the old-ass doctor straight up like ninja stars a scalpel at one of the chads. Right? Like, he's a ninja badass, too. So, I don't know. Maybe this is maybe just come from a town where throwing weapons is common and practiced. But uh turns out a bunch of them are good at it, and we'll talk I about really, that in a second. I really wish the scalpel exploded. Yeah, right? <laughs> I wish that they could just take any everyday item, you know, just like Gambit, like you said, and just blow up Chad's with it. Oh, my God. And let's talk about that poor fucking sucker that's on the operating table that was just there to have his fucking gallbladder removed. Never, never had a chance, man. He didn't have a fucking chance, dude. <laughs> this is this is what everybody fears when they're put under for surgery. Like, what if halfway through the hospital gets assaulted by Chad's and I just never wake up because something's eating my guts or even yeah, worse. Right? What if I do wake up while something's eating my guts or you, know? you wake up and the doctor's sucking your dick. I mean, could go either way. Honestly, yeah, on that did one, it that, but... did it that happen to Jerry Seinfeld in an episode of that show? I think it was, it was the, called Seinfeld. It was the one with the dentist, yeah. The dentist was sucking his dick in his sleep, right? He was like, every time he puts me under, I think he sucks my penis. Yeah. And, uh, and George is like, he's a penis sucker? He's a penis sucker! Ah, he's a penis sucker! You weren't, you weren't a sucker for a penis sucker! Wasn't a sucker for a penis sucker! So you're telling me you want a sucker for the dentist? Wasn't a sucker for the dentist, George! Didn't like it! I leave in the toothpaste tastes like cock! <laughs> Seriously, what is the deal with going to the dentist? You go, next thing you know, you wake up with a Megasaurus. That's also the name of a gay dinosaur. Megasaurus. Oh, I see what you did there. Oh, where are the bees? <laughs> I mean, I remember, um, what was it, like 1999 or whenever Seinfeld ended and Jerry was thinking, he was considering doing B-movie, but it was like, I'm either going to do a movie about a brontosaurus that fucks other dinosaurs in the asshole, or I'm going to do B-movie. And everybody thinks that B-movie was like a tragic misstep in his career, but it, yeah. it could have been so much worse. That's so much yeah. worse. Yeah, you could have done Megasaurus. <laughs> <laughs> My worst enemy is the Triceratops. Uh. Yeah, because of, of the horn, you know what I mean? Oh, oh. Yeah, okay. it's, it's a butt-fucking joke. Oh, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> the town of buttfuckers is Italy. Jerry Seinfeld, everybody. So the hospital is completely overrun by breast-grabbing, stab-happy zombies. And the Millers managed to escape in an ambulance. This is probably one of the cooler-looking ambulances because it resembles the Ecto-1. It totally does. Back in the day, uh, ambulance, ambulance, uh, they, ambulance. Were, they, they were straight up like station wagons. Yeah. it's. I mean, it, it looks like a, a woody wagon, but painted completely white. Oh, woody wagon. I like that term. Gotta love those. At this point, Holmes is in a helicopter just doing, uh, you know, one of his various many uh, jobs with the military. He's just hovering around, kind of looking at the outskirts of town, and he spots them trying to leave in their ambulance, which is yeah. a concern for him because martial law has been declared, and it's lockdown time. Oh, so yeah, it is. He decides to report this back to his superiors, but what he doesn't know is that down below, Matchison's daughter and her stupid husband, Bob, are beginning their vacation in their camper. Yeah, uh, fucking they have, idiots. <laughs> they've clearly disregarded her father's request, and uh, they're just kind of fucking around. Until... Yeah, not only her father's request, but literally the fucking government's request. Right? They do hear on the radio uh, the warning that's been repeated over and over again that they should be inside. Uh, but as they're listening to it, a car pulls up. And it is 
a couple of I would call them kind of like almost chads because they're like they can pass as people, but they're still chads. They're very um, fresh. Yeah, but they still look better than Bud the Chud. One of them pulls a gun on Bob, who like a genius just goes, "Hey, is that a gun?" <laughs> and then hey. seconds later, they get fucked up. Um, oh yeah, they you do. know what? It serves him right for being disobedient. Bob gets shot with what looks like a fucking harpoon uh, straight through the chest. And uh, Magison's daughter, don't remember her name. I think she gets stabbed. But that's the end of them. Yeah, so there you go. A fucking throwaway character that we thought was going to do uh, something. Maybe have some importance. Uh, but it turns out... Well, you know what? They were very important because I believe they were the owners of uh, Ginger Puff. And now... He is free to go off on his own adventure now that he's not bound to his masters at their home. But while this is all going on, uh, speaking of being at home, we've got Sheila, who is... Oh, pretty little Sheila. In the in the midst of all this chaos, she decides, I'm going to do a little more sculpting. Uh, so because... she's working on her Chad faces in the dark, like a yep. weirdo, Yeah. Um, when her friend decides to come over for some drinks. Yeah, who the fuck was this? I don't think she had a name. It's just her friend. She shows up. She's all in a panic. She's like, oh, my God, everything's going to shit outside. My husband's gone. I don't know. I, I thought I'd just come here. Maybe we can hide here. Maybe we can uh, close all the doors. I know you're not good at barricading things. I know your natural instinct is to go out in the lawn and look at your lawnmower. But let's uh, let's hole up here. And, uh, and she's like, I even barricaded the coal hole, which well, I didn't know that was a term. I don't know if it's an Italian thing or what, but a good old basement has a coal hole. Well. I've made a point of blocking my coal hole ever since my last trip to Intercourse, Pennsylvania. But you know what this reminded me of was uh, a little picture starring Billy Zane called yeah. Demon Knight. I love Where uh, they decide they've got to go down to the basement to block the secret tunnel in order to stop the, uh, the demons from getting it. Yeah. And so, Billy Zane from fucking you. Yeah. We don't want Billy Zane shooting beams of light out of his crotch no, uh, directly no. into our eyes. So they go down. Power's out, so they have to take a candle. Long story short, fucking Chads get into the house, and they fuck up the friend with a spike oh, to the eye. Oh, 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 yeah, to the eye, because we can't have a Jalo film without a fucking eyeball getting fucked up. But guess what, too? We get to see her tits. He does stab her in the tit first, and then yep. he gets her in the eye. And this wasn't this wasn't quite the same level of uh, the Fulci eye pop from Zombie, but it was still... You know, it was still a little visceral. Like it was. Oh, tough to it look was at. still fucking good. I mean, man. really getting a getting any kind of poke to the eye, and you and it doesn't cut, and you see the whole thing. That always kind of affects me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but while this is going on, the Millers decide to pull their Ecto one up to a gas station. Literally at this point in the movie, I actually fucking forgot about these two. Like I, I, I completely forgot about them. Like it popped back to them driving, and I'm like, "Oh fuck, they're still driving." I forgot about these two fuckers. Yeah, they were just kind of they were taking a little trip across the countryside in their their station wagon. Um, but they pull up to a gas station where none other than Ginger Puff is waiting yeah! for them. Yeah, he uh, he appears again, and he seems to actually fucking own the place now. Um, nobody is around, so Miller tells the wife that it's safe. But he goes inside, and he sees Ginger Puff just chilling on the counter. No big deal. All the humans have cleared out. They've either turned into chads or they've run away. But they take the opportunity to loot the place. Um, yeah, I love that. Miller's wife steals some clothes, and they decide to make some coffee. And this is where they start talking. They have a little chat where she pontificates on the downfall of the human race. She's so annoying. She's yeah. so fucking annoying here. This she is where she says, 
are we the real monsters or are humans the real monsters like yeah kind of it was like we we're to blame for this we fucking destroy and obliterate ob everything until we fucking destroy ourselves i really thought i wrote the fucking quote down but it turned out i didn't oh it sounds uh, like no it totally didn't she so basically says uh you know climate change is coming uh we all got to prepare for it or italy's going to be gone and within 10 years something about acid rain i don't know yeah miller decides uh you know what we're just gonna gear up and we're gonna get moving so why don't you go in the back room and loot the shit out of it i'm gonna go gas up the uh the ecto one but naturally yeah. the chads attack before they can leave um but i actually i love this fucking scene because this is where chad shows him who the real chad is yeah or, uh, they say chad <laughs> miller shows them miller who the real shows chad him. is Chad Miller. That's what we're going to call him for the rest of this. Chad Miller! Because he shows the Chad that breaks in the door that he's fucking Chad by planting an axe in his fucking face from 20 yards away. Dude, he's so good at throwing axes. You know he goes to fucking hatchets and hops on the fucking nightly and practices his fucking axe throw skills. You know what I'm saying? It's not as easy as it looks, man. It's not. But guess what? Now that fucking Chad just got himself a fucking weapon, and that's yes. the axe that was embedded in his fucking chest. Yes. Unfortunately, this means that Chad now has Miller's axe, um, and Miller is unarmed. But he thinks quick. He builds himself a quick Molotov. Oh, um, yeah. He builds it quick, but then he asks his fucking doctor wife to go out and fucking find some fabric or cotton or something, and she takes her sweet fucking time doing this when she could have just ripped her shirt off and we could have seen her tits. True, very true. He, he probably should have slapped her to get her moving a little bit quicker. No, nah, he but did slap her. Because he's a fucking boss, but he's also kind of impulsive, he decides that he's going to throw this Molotov, but he's going to throw it at the car like a tactical yeah. genius. So yeah. he burns up a bunch of chads, but he also destroys their mode of transportation. Hey, um, so they have no choice but to hide in a field where Anna eventually breaks down into full panic mode, and we all know what that means. You get slapped. What bap? He fucking he slaps some sense into her like every good Italian man does. He fixes her up good with a solid giallo slap to the face. And Amen, uh, man. You know what? Can't argue with the results because instantly she's fucking right as rain. Oh, and she's horny. Yeah, she is ready to go. I mean, that's pretty much the equation for every Italian horror film that I've ever seen. When oh, a woman she... cries, yep. you slap her into intercourse. <laughs> and uh, I know that doesn't sound great, but you, you can't argue with the results. Like, that's what they do, and that's how it goes down. Yep. Can't say I'd ever do it myself, but, uh, you know, this was 1980, and sometimes you had to hit someone. You know what, man? You want to make an omelet? You gotta slap a few bitches. I'm pretty sure that's what Casey Anthony said while she was on trial. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't stop crying. <laughs> Whatever, bitch. It wouldn't stop crying. Yeah. What is, is there not a single Italian on the jury? You know what I'm talking about. And they were like, oh, wee wee. <laughs> wee wee, you slap it and then you fuck it, right? Am I right? Acquitted. <laughs> Actually, wait a minute. She did get acquitted, didn't she? She did. So apparently she knew how to talk to that Italian jury. Yeah, or it was because they didn't fucking check her Mozilla Firefox and only checked Internet Explorer, where she had a history of actually searching how to kill my daughter and get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you've ever searched that, like, there's a very specific website that comes up that just gives you a step-by-step -step list of things to do. It's like, one, slap it. Two, if it keeps crying, slap it again. Yeah. Three, 
come on to the Italian jury until they acquit you. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Casey Anthony, I know you're listening because you've reached out to us before as like our our biggest fan. Uh, She is so thirsty. When are you going to do those fucking pornos? You know, just throwing it out there. When's that going to happen? We're all waiting. From what I hear, Casey Anthony is like at this nightclub every fucking night in Florida and she's getting like dick down by DJs and shit. So, you know, hey. Yeah, because everybody knows if they get her pregnant, it's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> the abortion will take a while, but it'll happen. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. That plan B turned into plan C. Yeah, the old 12th, uh, 12th trimester. <laughs> She's still got the same car, so like, it's, you know. <laughs> the DNA just mixes. They can't prosecute on that. Oh, my God. All right. Uh... On a lighter note, a helicopter is flying above the countryside once again. This is the point at which I started calling Holmes helicopter homes because he spends a lot of time in the sky. Yeah, double uh, H. And uh, this countryside is now lousy with chads. They are fucking everywhere. Uh, so he decides, I'm going to request an airstrike on these motherfuckers. Yeah. That's the only way to take care of this problem. Uh-huh. So um, while the Millers are hiding in a church, he goes off to uh, the airport to go talk to some pilots. But we'll get to that in a second. The Millers approach a church because they hear the bells. And Ma Miller thinks that Chad's can't enter because it's a house of God. She's still going spiritual on this. She thinks that they're more akin to vampires than mutated humans. So her theory is that they just can't, they can't cross the threshold. But no such luck. Yeah. First thing they see when they walk in is a priest. And he kicks ass <laughs> for the Chad Lord. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what does he do but attack them with a candlestick? A giant candlestick, my friend. An intimidating candlestick. Yeah. But Miller still smites him down with prejudice. Oh, yeah. So that's the end of that. And they realize, wait a minute, even church isn't safe in these trying times. Even Italian church is not a they safe did place the, to be. They did the, no. Uh, I know. I, I hear it's not safe if you're under the age of 12 either. Um, <laughs> true, true. Yeah, right? Uh, I mean, does the Pope shit in the woods? Oh, my God. Miller, like, relentlessly pummels this priest to fucking pudding. You can tell that he's got a little bit of pent-up rage towards the clergy, which makes me wonder, Miller, where were you when you were eight years old? Yeah. Just throwing it out there. Okay, man. Padre Pio, his his pockets are deep, all right? Not as deep as Miller's pocket. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> back to the airbase where helicopter Holmes is talking to a man that i'm calling mustache pilot and the problem here is that mustache pilot doesn't want to fly because yep. he thinks that everybody's a chad at this point and he trusts no one so he pulls a gun I mean, on Holmes and he says that he's not willing to die for him yeah i mean would you no probably not um although i gotta say we do have pretty similar mustaches going on yeah you um, do he's not a bad looking gentleman no I do face say so you just want to sit on but unfortunately for this uh, mustachioed Adonis, a soldier busts in and proves that he has the dominant mustache by shooting this pilot with a machine gun. Yeah, from so the now, back, like a fucking asshole. Right? He shoots him with probably like 30 rounds, but it looks like he just took one to the chest, even though and he got shot that, in the back. <laughs> I love that uh, Holmes didn't get hit at all during this evening. Yeah, he's, just, he's spraying bullets in both of their direction, but apparently yep. he's... I mean, I can't even say he's accurate because it looks like he hits him once. <laughs> but, you know. Oh, yeah. 
So I guess that puts the kibosh on the whole airstrike theory because they had one pilot who was capable of it, and now he's gone. He only had one job. Yep, they had one guy with one job, and he got himself shot. So let's go back to the uh, back to the drawing board where Colonel Alex Trebek is telling Ronald Reagan that they have developed a gas <laughs> that will neutralize all chat activity. Oh, I forgot about this part. Yeah, it's basically... It's so dumb. It doesn't even fucking happen. It's yet another thing that goes nowhere. Yeah, so they don't fucking do it. You know, I'm starting to, to realize this film was never finished. No! The script, no, but fuck, of course it wasn't! The script was never resolved. There's all these different things, all these different uh, red herrings that are going in all different directions, and none of them amount to anything. So this Literally is just yet another. fucking none of them. Fucking yeah. none of them. Now, we could say it was the budget's fault, but honestly, I think it was just, uh, they didn't know what to do. I think uh, this was just written by a dumbass. <laughs> I mean, that's my theory. I think like, you know, but, it'd be cool if there was a gas that could kill all the chads, but uh, I forgot about that by the time it ended. I just really want to get to the amusement park scene because that's where fucking Dean Miller and Anna are able to do what the fucking military couldn't do. Okay, let's just go to the amusement park. <laughs> what did I skip more shit? Because obviously, no, because you know what it's going to be? It's going to be more plot that doesn't even fucking happen. Yeah, who even it's gives probably, a shit? We're probably going to get some more tits. There's a, a couple of things happen. Let's put it that way. A, a couple yeah, of things okay. happen. If you really want to know, watch the fucking movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're at an amusement park where the Millers find a, a military Jeep that's full of weapons. They loot it. They take everything they need. They got a couple of submachine guns, a bunch of fucking grenades, a rifle. Miller proves that he's an incredible marksman because he's taking out Chad's left and right at a full sprint. He's shooting him in the face. He's blasting Chad's one-handing submachine guns. He's popping off grenades. He's just the best. I love He's a one-man fucking wrecking machine, Greg. He's, He's Hugo Stiglitz. They were unable yes. to repress the Hugo Stiglitz in this man. I don't think this was even written into the script. He just started throwing grenades and shooting things, and they were like, get this on film. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll make this the ending. He straight up just fucking Alec Baldwin's everybody at this amusement park. And I love this fucking end chase where all the fucking chads are chasing Hugo and uh, Dr. Wife up a fucking roller coaster. At least three cinematographers were shot in the heart while this was going on. In the uh, fucking heart? In the dick? Because it was Hugo, so Hugo shot him in the dick. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So they're in uh, an amusement park, and where is the best place to retreat in an amusement park? But up the first hill of a roller coaster right they are backing off yeah are are piling up at the bottom i mean you're not gonna go get cotton candy man you're not gonna jump in the hell hole you're not gonna go down the fucking water slides you're gonna go up a fucking roller coaster because there's one thing that dean miller knows is the chads are afraid of heights i thought the the ferris wheel might have been a cool idea you know, yeah, they'd be going around, but I, and every time they I, come I, around I, to the bottom, they just start shooting like thirty of them, and then they go back <laughs> to the top. You know, maybe in that, maybe while they're doing revolutions, while they're just waiting, you know, they could like play cards or something, suck each other's yeah. dicks, or they just and then it comes back around the bottom. And he's got to throw in nor- another couple of grenades, and they could just well, do that I'm pretty forever. I'm pretty sure that the fucking Ferris wheel scene is in that fucking Kiss movie, Kiss Meets the Phantom. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's where Gene Simmons is on a Ferris wheel, like, fucking, like, cunnilingusing every fucking chick in the park. Yeah. Yeah, he can, yeah. He can, he can reach chicks in line from the top with his, his Oh, absolutely. Tongue. Yeah, he's great, isn't he? 
God of Thunder. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. Go fucking trademark the dollar sign, you fucking piece of shit. So while uh, they're uh, while they're retreating up the tracks of the roller coaster, they get the attention of Helicopter Holmes, who yeah, Double H. He's he's clearly fast traveled from the airport. Fuck, he he made a, a trip back to his house in between this, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He went and saw, oh, that's right. He went and fucking saw Sheila, and that's where Sheila is still working on her fucking Chud mask, or Chad mask, whatever the fuck that is, the bust, and she slowly turns, revealing that she herself has turned into a Chad. So he shoots her in the face. Double H, no, first he slaps her a few times and realized that didn't help. He slaps her in the face with a bullet. Yeah, and then started slapping her again afterwards. Uh, you know, trying to revive her. Yeah, so he, he, he... And actually, the way that we did this, I think, is probably the exact same way that the directors did this, because his ability to fast travel from the helicopter in the airport to his home, back to the helicopter, to the amusement park, it seems like they just kind of... They cut this scene into the middle of everything else that was happening. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, it just doesn't make any sense geographically. And I know you said that this was actually like your favorite scene of this whole thing. Mine too, honestly. Oh um, my god! This is where they get airlifted off of the roller coaster hill. Yeah, and, so they get uh, pulled away off the blue comet. Yep, and uh, they're they're basically climbing up the rope, like the rope that you climb in fucking gym class. It's got a bunch of yeah. knots tied in it, and so uh, they're, just, they're hanging off of a helicopter. But the helicopter's not going anywhere. It's uh, it's just waiting while they climb. Which I guess I don't know. Is that is that protocol? It probably is, right? Because I mean, you want to be climbing know. up a moving that, that, rope. That's what the, the, the fucking issue was with the Joker, Jack Nicholson, at the end of 89 Batman, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I would think, I don't think it so much matters that you climb into the passenger area of the helicopter. I think it's yeah. more important that you just get the fuck out of there. So why wouldn't you just hold on to the rope while the helicopter moves you away rather than waiting there to climb up? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if this is really important to the plot or anything but that would, would make logical sense i think we're but reading too deep into this greg if you were a woman thing, i would slap you right now the important thing is that dean decides to slap his wife because she's not moving fast enough up the rope it turns out <laughs> to be a major mistake because she falls the fuck off of it and hits every support beam of the roller coaster on the way down and the dummy they use for this just flips oh and flops this is like the ending of Titanic where the dude hits the, the propeller yes. times 10. It oh just, my God. just keeps fucking hitting things. And if you don't think this is funny, then you need to stop listening to our show right now because you will never understand our sense of humor. It's literally the fucking best part of the movie. It kind of makes all of the bullshit oh of this God. film worth it. All of the failed plot threads, all of the bullshit, all of the Chad zombies that aren't zombies all the nonsense this scene makes it worth it this bitch <laughs> hits every fucking every beam fu- you can see her spine break you can see bonk, her legs bonk, flip bonk, bonk, but it's bonk, so bonk. obviously a shirt tied to a pair of pants filled with stuffing <laughs> like this is not a body it's just a shit prop and i love it it's too yes. perfect it's a fucking cr- it's a crash test dummy. It had ragdoll I uh, fucking I uh, I uh, it was to be a fucking ragdoll dude. It's this looks like the early days of YouTube basically. 
Yeah, but I, I know we were joking about like him slapping her and following her to her death, but it was actually her just holding onto the rope and just going, well, I guess I'll die now, and just letting go to her fucking death. Yeah, she just kind of gave up. Which, she uh, totally gave up. She had to know that when her body hit the ground, like it was going to get molested and devoured by chads, right? Well, that's why, luckily for her, she aimed for every fucking pole on the way down. <laughs> it was a strategic move. I got it. Yes, very fucking strategic. It. So it turns out she was way smarter than she let on. Yeah, but now, now, Greg, what do we do after this? Where do we go from here? Just like Axl Rose, where do we go? Where do we go now? No singing, man. I don't, like, I, don't like, I don't like the sound of that. I don't like Where do we go? Well, it turns out we go back to the Miller's bedroom. Yeah. Dean abruptly wakes up from the worst fucking nightmare that he's ever had in the city. Yes. And it turns out this whole sequence of bullshit events was just a bad dream in his the big past- old sexy head. The past 90 minutes, it turned out Carmen San Diego, Donald Sutherland, was having a fucking nightmare. Yeah, which is the opposite of wet dreams. Oh, it depends on who you ask, buddy. Well, yeah, true. I suppose it doesn't mean he didn't ejaculate, necessarily, but... I mean, was, I did. It was out of fear. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he wet the get, bed out of fear. You ever get one of those nervous boners? I mean, I'm struggling with one right now, actually. The same. Yeah, it's been odd. It's been, uh... It's strange. Confusing, right? <laughs> Always. Every time. Yeah. Um, but he wakes up and he tells the old wife that he has to go to work to do a story at the airport because a professor is going to be landing on a military transport this morning. Yeah. And he needs to interview him for his jobby job. Yeah. Um, so, as expected, he goes to the airport. An unidentified plane comes barreling towards the runway. The flight control is panicking because this is a, a rampant UFO that they were not expecting, which is weird because they knew that a professor was going to be landing, right? But they don't expect this plane. Like, none of it fucking adds up. It doesn't matter. This um, is another we're dream. all watching it like, whoa, not this again. And Miller's like, fuck, do my dreams come true? Do I have the power? And we're like, yeah, you probably do, man. So maybe that's know. what it is. The rest of the movie could have been him and everyone else with the powers to brain fight them. Yeah. It was kind of a, a Dr. Sleep sort of thing. But the movie ends with the tagline, The Nightmare Becomes the Reality! reality. Which is funny, because apparently you had uh, you had it in English, it sounds like. You yeah. know what I got was, what? Incubo de venta realta. Ah. And then there was a guy <laughs> talking with his hands and like waving them around like over ah. the credits. It's a um, me, Mario. Yeah, I actually had to look it up to find out what it meant. And uh, yeah, Nightmare Becomes Reality, which is, this is the biggest cop-out of a fucking ending that you could possibly have. It is. It totally is. But Greg, you know what? This movie is a hundred times better than Bud the Chud. Uh, I mean, I can't argue with that. Even if they uh, ran out of De Niro at the end, but... Oh, they totally ran out of De Niro and ideas. Yeah. Uh, but the movie has an obs- obs- obscene amount of tits. True. Amazing gore. Also true. Women getting slapped left and right by Italian men. Which, I mean, may not play so well in 2021, but you can't deny the humor of it. Yeah, can't. It's one of those things that's so just absurdly like out of place nowadays that it, it just it has to be funny. 
You got yourself fucking news station shenanigans, hospital shenanigans, field shenanigans, gas station shenanigans. Amusement park shenanigans. Amusement park shenanigans. I was fucking getting that, you fucking asshole. One of the coolest Uh, cats you'll ever see in a movie. Oh, uh, what was his name? Constable fucking Red Fluff or whatever you call him, Ginger Fuck? Yeah, let's go with that. Constable Red Fluff. Yeah. You got yourself fucking uh, uh, Hugo Weaving. I mean, Hugo uh, Stuelibitz, whatever his name was. Uh, and I, you I got, like that. I like that. Hugo Stuelibitz. Yeah. Uh, helicopter Hugo. Uh, helicopter Horowitz, I think his name was, you called yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's exactly what I said. Uh, Dr. Wife. The movie... Uh, I'm Dr. giving Mario. this. Oh, fuck me up, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie for me, five out of five scaries. I love Nightmare City. I, I first saw that. this. I first saw this movie three years ago in theaters at Thursday Night Terrors in Buffalo, New York. Uh-huh. Uh, it's my first time watching it since then. I I fucking love this movie. I cannot fucking re- recommend it enough. Oh, it's if the you're best. a fan of if you're a fan of Jalo, cheese, zombies, cannibalism, uh, fast uh, toxic zombies, Avenger. Toxic Avengers, zombies that stab, zombies that shoot, zombies that love breasts. Yeah, gropey zombies. This movie yeah. should have been called uh, gropey, gropey Zombies in Italy. Sure. Yeah. Greg, how'd you feel about it? Well, I'm a huge Umberto Lenzi fan. And Who I gotta isn't? say, this is, uh, this is like the finest of his feature films. And, uh, I mean, I really, there's not a whole lot I can say that you haven't said already. Yeah. Um... But you know, it's all it's all about that cat, man. It's all about ginger puss. So, um Yeah. Easy like five like out of five for me. Hey, beastie boys with that cookie puss, man. These pussy crumbs are making me itch. And I will say a lot of my score uh comes from that last scene where uh <laughs> where Mrs. Miller falls into the spokes of a roller coaster. Um it's incredible. You kinda just have to see it to to understand the nuances. <laughs> they but, uh, literally drop somebody's laundry out of a helicopter. Yeah, I feel like if if you've uh, been listening to this show as long as we've been making this show, then you understand our sense of humor perfectly. Yeah, uh, watch this movie. Take <laughs> watch a look. this. Watch the shit out of it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Enjoy it. You so, may learn a thing or two. You may learn that something said, about yourself. Uh, I guess I'll just leave you with this. Uh, love each other. <laughs> oh. Fucking, uh, sure, care for one another. Suck each other's dicks. Suck each other's dicks. But most importantly, keep keep it spooky. spooky. And suck each other's dicks. Damn, that's scary.